Hi there, welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I'm Benjamin Light. And this is Marco Sparks. And today we're talking about S5 E11. No one here can love or understand me. <laughs> love that title so much. It's uh, the first line to a song called Bye Bye Blackbird. And that second line, which we won't say right now, will be the title to uh, an episode that's coming up later in the season. Mm-hmm. 5B. I can't wait for Yeah. Uh, so, fittingly, though, this is written by Joseph Doherty and directed by Larry Reedman. Uh, Larry Reedman, it looks like he's previously directed a few episodes of Medium, but he, from what I can gather from IMDb, he's like PLL's like director of photography, hmm. which I think we were talking a little bit before the show starts. It kind of shows in some, some fancy camera play in this episode. Yeah, there are a lot of interesting shots in this episode that perhaps was all because the DOP was directing. But I, and it works though. Like it's not just like the the DOP is like writing in his notebook. Of, Here's what I would do if I ever directed. An well, it's not like flashy, but it's but it, uh, it fits the cl- story. Creative, yeah. yeah. Um, but definitely so that you 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 notice a couple of them and a few of them when you go back to rewatch do a podcast about it, you really notice. So, shall we start? Indeed, uh, we open up on the liars. It's it's nighttime. They're walking in like a liar wall towards a police station. Um, before we go any further, should we address the outfit situation? Well, it's the same outfits as the previous episode. Spencer has managed to put a coat over mm-hmm. her insane, crazy, wonderful, like steampunk adventurous outfit. Arya has that ridiculous, like leopard print coat over her thing. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Hannah has her rosewood jacket back on. Yeah. Her rosewood jean jacket. They kind of stop in front of like a like a TV store or something, the kind you'd see in the eighties <laughs> where the characters would stand on the street yeah. and watch the news from the wall of TVs play in the window. I want to like, like reference famously the ending of Eddie and the cruisers here, but uh, yeah, Aria, they're like looking, you know, over at the police station across them and Aria's like, seems like we've been here before. And it <laughs> says, we'll get it right this time, which to me, this is totally like the, you know, Sisyphean nature of the, the liar's struggle here. Oh, yeah. like they're, Emily, they're destined to keep pushing this rock up the hill. And they'll never get it right. Yeah, Emily's like, this time is different. And mm. what I like is that the electricity in my apartment is actually powered by the wattage of their naivete here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Spencer's okay. just like, after this, Allie's on her own. And one more cut to Aria after that, which I found interesting. Yeah, uh, and so behind them in the storefront window, there's like this, you know, 80s bank of uh, TVs, and they all start to flicker. They were showing like nature shots, but now they're flickering. So the liars start to walk off, but then Emily turns to like take a look at this. And she's like, wait. And they all turn back and look. And one by one, all these TV screens switch to uh, like various stills of black and white security footage of Allie in a candy striper outfit from when she visited Hannah in the hospital in uh, S5 or S1 E11. Yeah. And I like the way they all like. they're, they're all like kind of like, you know, walk up, like transfixed. Um, this candy striper thing, I wonder if this is a callback to the A tag last week. I really just, wonder. Just that. reminding us that Allie has a candy striper outfit too. Hmm. And uh, uh, a song by uh, called Restless by uh, Uncle featuring Josh Hom mm-hmm. from, uh, what is that? Uh, 
Queens of Stone Age. Queens of Stone Age, yeah. Starts playing, and there's all this kind of like weird techno music, and it's hard to tell, like, is this is this diegetic music? I don't know. What was your thought on that? Uh no, I didn't think it was. I thought There's was like just... this weird flashing and beeping, and I think that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I would love that Ace just scrolling through the iTunes playlist. Yeah. Trying to find the right song to go with this. Oh yeah, dude from Queens of the Stone Age. That's what I need. Uh, you know, all these pictures of Allie and then like, uh, red and black lettering, like it scrolls across all the pictures. It says, we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. Oh, all this like kind of flashing and beeping. And Hannah, you know, mentions for the audience's sake that this is, uh, from when Allie came to her hospital room at Ramona's party. And Emily's like, well, we can't tell now. Ari's like, well, why not? And it says, because no one will believe we didn't know Allie was alive if they see this. Yeah, I like the, like, the, the, as it goes away, like, the flashing of together and, like, the A flickering the screen. It's mm-hmm. like season five is all about A extending Snapchat out to its most, like, dastardly <laughs> conclusions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Hannah says, you know, because no one will believe we didn't know Allie was alive if they see this, which is both exactly what Arya was saying before and what she wanted. Mm-hmm. But Spencer, being the furious woman of action that she is, goes over, picks up a brick, and is about to throw it at the screen. I love the way she just kind of like sets her jaw, like grabs a brick, and is like like running at the screen with it. And they all see this, and they're like, no, Spence. Well, I feel like, given the right circumstances, Spencer could be the ultimate 80s male protagonist. <laughs> to an action movie like you know if she ran into uh uh keith david like she could very well be the wrestler from they oh, yeah. live you know well and you just get great dialogue like Arya saying spencer put the put down the brick put it yeah. down <laughs> well it's, it's kind of i do imagine rosewood as a town that i never just assumed had bricks just mm-hmm. on its like sidewalk ready to be thrown at windows um so then the pictures on the tv screens all change it becomes uh like hidden cam footage of the four of them standing there yeah it switches like to light a live feed of them all standing there presumably there's like a camera hidden within this uh like storefront display somewhere so they see their own like shocked reactions which i have to assume just makes them feel even more Mm -hmm. guilty and small and defeated i like the way they all back up when they see that yeah so the other three walk away leaving just spencer staring down the digital face of her enemy which looks like her i think it's funny the way the other three like they're so resigned to it they're just like well, that was inevitable. You know, yeah. it's like they can't even like argue or anything. Like Spencer's still like really pissed, but the others are just like, "Yep, that's a." Well, yeah, Spencer's like you know at the end of the second Matrix movie, like ready to kill the architect here. But yeah, then the screens, most of the screens change back to normal, showing like the boring screensaver stuff, like Mountain Stream, School Fish, and then one screen says, "Are you ready? <laughs> Act normal, bitches." It's like it's saying it right to Spencer. Yeah, which is... and she's just so pissed, she just throws down that brick and stomps off. Which is callback to A's greatest tagline yeah. ever. Foiled again, is... Spencer. Well, it's like you ought to know better. This is this is like this is how A plays the game. You know, you don't go to the cops. I found this to be like one of the greatest and most satisfying teasers the show's ever produced. Mm-hmm. But like, because well, it, it was all set up for like, oh, the liars are going to the cops now. They're gonna rat out Allie, and A's just like, nope. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like when season five started, like Shauna, whom you were like led to believe was A, even though you never really could believe that, you know, she's dead. And you're like, well, what is the show now? Like, how long do we entertain the notion mm-hmm. that it's just a psychota about the return of Allison? Um, but, like the opening, like it sums up how great it is in about a minute flat. It's like, you know, you really do care about the four liars and their lives and all that stuff. But it's like, it's also that moment when you're actively rooting for your villain. Because <laughs> A is basically like, hey, guys. We got renewed for seven seasons. Yeah. 
<laughs> don't don't end the party now. <laughs> yeah, and then we get the credits. Uh, after the credits, we come back. We're at the brew. Uh, Emily is getting two mugs, mostly full of whipped cream, for her and her tulpa Spencer there. Oh, we uh we see the post sign on the register. Yeah, this building and business for sale. Subtle. <laughs> Due to the fact that the owner was a skeezy cheater. Yeah. Uh, so Emily brings the drinks over to Spencer, who's like chilling on the couch in the liar's nook of her phone. Spencer gives Emily like the update from her phone. Hannah got or Hannah went to go check on Caleb, and Arya went home. So <laughs> Arya just went home. And Arya's like, "Fuck this, I'm taking my ball and going home." Emily offers a drink to Spencer, and Spencer's like, "She can't drink coffee right now." But Emily says it's decaf, and that she mostly just bought it for the whipped cream. Spencer takes it. She's got one leg up on the couch, like really showing off how big those freaking boots are. I really love that you pointed that out because I did too. Um, her posture here is fascinating like the way she has her legs up on the couch with like her super long ass legs and those big boots like i don't know i, I love spencer's posturing it's it's totally like not ladylike so much of the time you know i i part She's of me, just like a big action hero part of me like would love to think that troy and belisario went to larry reedman for this episode and was <laughs> like what do i do with spencer in this scene and he's like come with me for a moment and like he shows her like they're three original like Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and he's just like, whatever Harrison Ford's doing after an action sequence, that's you right now. <laughs> it's not the uh, was it? it's not the mileage, Spencer. It's whatever else. Yeah, yeah it's not the years. It's the mileage. Yeah. Uh, so Emily asked Spencer if she's feeling better now, and Spencer's like, not better, but less stupid. Thank you for stopping me. Um, she should be thinking, hey. Yeah. Well, Emily says, you know, why don't you save your fury for like the real target? And Spencer's like, what? A in the flesh. And Emily's like, like, sure, that's one candidate, but, you know, such as like, well, who are you thinking of? And Emily says, I mean, we're all in this together. That could be A or it could be Allison. And Trent Belsari is so great here because it's like Spencer knows exactly what Emily is thinking, mm -hmm. but she wants Emily to complete that sentence to like go yeah. to that level finally herself. Yeah. And then, and then of course she replies, she says, or. A wanting us to think it's Allison, which is like, hey, there you go. Your your head is back in the game now, Spencer. Like, assume everything's just a trick or like a layer within a layer. Yeah, yeah. So then Spencer's phone rings and she checks the caller ID and Spencer's like, you know, like speak of the devil, it's Allison. So Emily asks if she's going to answer it, and so Spencer just like hits the mute, sets the phone down, and she's like, uh, I think we need to hit the mute button for right now. Well, and Emily's definitely a little a little invested in that that little moment, you know. She's like, yeah. oh, are you going to answer that? Yeah. Uh, and then, so Spencer, she she kind of just watches Emily. It's time for some spemly, spemly action here. She says, hey, how are you? Uh, you're the one who held in there the longest with her. Mm. And Emily's like, I wasn't defending Allie. I was defending somebody from a long time ago. Maybe somebody who never existed. Which is a little harsh. Because I, I don't know. I Should we talk about Allie a little? Uh, we got, we got some, some pushback. Yeah, got a little people... There are a lot of people not fans of Allie, uh, so we got some some comments from them. I think one of them was Sarah, if I'm not mistaken. Sarah really like championed that mm -hmm. cause. And the thing of with that, Sarah, is that I agree with all your points. Like I think I have said on the podcast, Allison is a nightmare person, <laughs> but it's hard to judge her. I like Allie. I I, I feel a kinship to Allie. I, it's hard to judge her just because we don't know what she's doing or where she's sure self-preservation is probably her number one aspect but we don't know if there's not some kind of protective you know wingspan that by which she's trying to wrap around her girls well that line you know maybe somebody who never existed like i feel like Allie's not like a buffet that you get to pick and choose from like 
it's right. all there. Like it's all real, but you get the good with the bad with her. Well, I would say there's a there's a kind of truth to that 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 I don't know if Emily's going for that, but the girl that Emily put on the pedestal does indeed not exist. Yeah, yeah, and to that degree, um, yeah. I don't know. I I've always like ever since the, probably like the first secret when we kind of saw things from her perspective. Yeah, I've always liked Allie. Um, when I take those PLL personality quizzes, Allie is who I get. So I'm sure that's part of it. I think we are very different people, of course. I'm not uh, flying around with the mask of my own face on, but I, I feel like the way Allie not like yet. deals with people. Yeah, not yet. I, I, I de- identify with the way Allie deals with people. And I don't know, like, it's hard to say other than like the things Allie does. Like, I find myself thinking, yeah, that's justifiable. I think we looked at like some of the stuff that she did with like Ashley Marin and just the whole Cyrus Petrillo plan. And it's like, I kind of see what you're going for there. It makes a kind of sense. Like, I think I said the, the issue there is it's a communication breakdown. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think both me and, and the character Vals and Delorentis both possess a sort of uh, pragmatism. Mm-hmm. that uh can can rankle a lot of people's uh nerves and sensibilities because um you know, sometimes sometimes you have to do things that people don't like or at least this is how i approach the world <laughs> do what you will with that I see, sometimes really, you have to be that guy you know you're, you're really like identifying there's a kinship here there sure. is i love ali i i totally like i'm, I'm there I, I i'm totally with uh her plan and what she does and it, and at the same time, it's like you understand why people hate her, but uh, she's just doing what she has to do. Mm. Yeah, but, but yeah, I don't we... I don't think she's like evil. Um, and it, this show doesn't really have evil characters except for Pastor Ted. Uh, everybody's, you know, even the villains kind of they have their motives and their reasons. Well, but I don't I feel like Allie is ultimately doing things with good intentions and, and for a good cause. But obviously it requires her to get her hands dirty. Well, going back to the end of season one, we said even back then to Jenna on the Jenna mm-hmm. show, the Jenna <laughs> thing show, the four Prilla liars themselves are all villains. Yeah. I mean, they, they straight up blinded this girl and then did everything they could to ruin her life since then. Well, Nally hasn't had the experience of like the liar bond, you know, like the strength of these girls is like their friendship. And she hasn't been around for that. And, you know, she was always kind of terrible to them before anyway. And so. She's has I don't know. She's like it's like she's in fight or flight a lot of the times. You know she's she's using what she's learned over the past two years, which is like survival skills. Right. Um, but the liars have kind of developed in a completely different direction, and they don't trust her. Well, yeah, and they're they they are reconciling who she really is with like the thing is I'm well, like badly paraphrasing Maya Angelou, where people will forget what you said, <laughs> they'll forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. They still felt something. They still adored her for certain reasons. And it's like, yeah, that's falling away. But, you know, slowly to different degrees to everyone. Even Spencer, who two seasons ago and like three weeks ago was in a mental hospital, where like obviously Allison made a huge deal of her because she hallucinated like Mm -hmm. a very intriguing dance with her. Well, I think at some level, maybe Allison doesn't even know who she herself is. She's kind of like a collection of like reactions and schemes um and, and like defense mechanisms well and as ezra who's not a bad guy just too damn romantic for his own good said to allison like sometimes he thinks that she even believes her own lies because mm-hmm. they're told enough and i think the show really plays with that notion as we go forward in the future um, yeah i mean i guess i would say overall about ali is that i i think if you just 
think like, oh, she's a bitch. Like that, that doesn't make her very interesting or fun to watch. I think uh, with all the characters on the show, except for Pastor Ted, if you assume that they have their own motives and reasons for things, oh, I and think Baker they become. Zach. Oh, Zach, fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you betrayed me. Uh, but I think if you assume that everybody has their own reasons and motives for things that they themselves consider to be like righteous. Mm-hmm. It makes them a lot more interesting characters. Allie would be boring if she was just a villain. Well, and and you know, like Mona, we all came to love mm-hmm. Mona. You know, like like yeah, we can adore her. But like, um, with Allison, it's we're not asking you to, to love Allison. We're not asking you to change your mind on on Allison as a good person or not. We're not wading in on like an Emerson versus Paley argument or anything. We're just saying <laughs> appreciate her for her qualities. She's a good girl. She is. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> even more questionably after that comment. So after Emily says that, she then says, God, the thing I had of Paige was so genuine. Now, and she just shakes her head and Spencer's like, can you fix it? Well, still, is that debatable? What she had of her and Paige being genuine? Yeah, I think you could say so. Yeah, there's a debate there. Um, I don't, I don't, what? The, the, her relationship with Paige wasn't genuine? No, I, I think Paige put Emily on the same pedestal that Emily put Allison on, is my personal feeling. I think that's true, but I, I, I don't think that makes their relationship ungenuine. They danced at the hoedown. That's true. Mm-hmm. Everyone who danced at the hoedown is true love. I like that we found out recently that Norbuck, uh, ships, uh, uh, karate bro jake and aria <laughs> oh really yeah he said that he shipped them even though no one else ever did <laughs> <laughs> yeah so emily shakes her head and spencer's like can you fix it and emily says sure yeah i can go with the page and say so you're right all along my bad let's kiss and make up page would love that she says that flippantly but like page is like yeah that's fine that would work also, go ahead and pencil me in there's a problem in any relationship if your pride is the reason you can't overcome a divide or an issue, if it's like you can't go and say, I was wrong, let's kiss and make up. If you can't say that, yeah, there's there's something wrong in that relationship. Yeah. And Paige would just be like, no, that that's actually just fine. I uh, I don't really require anything other than that. I just want to yeah. make out. Yeah. Uh, so then Emily's phone goes off. And Emily's like, she checks it. She's like, it's Allie. Spencer's like, she's looking for us. She must be nervous. And he's like, not as nervous as her dad. He's taking her out of town. She's reading the text. No, I, no. Did you look at the phone, though? She implies that it's a text, but it's not a text. She's answered the phone. Like, you Oh, could, yeah. I mean, that, that could just be... Uh, it's, it's, it might be like a mistake yeah. in the production, but it's like, she's answered the phone. She has it on mute. <laughs> the call is going. So Allison's probably sitting there on the phone like, hello? <laughs> hello? Those bitches. Hello? <laughs> Yeah, sorry. So Emily says, you know, Nas Nerf is her dad. He's taking her out of town. He's worried about the kidnapper. I hope that kidnapper can't find us next town over. Yeah. And uh, Spencer's like, Allie's lucky that they uh, released him when they did, meaning the kidnapper, Cyrus. Mm-hmm. And Emily's like, yeah, real lucky. And she's like playing with her whipped cream now. And Spencer's like, don't play with your comfort food. Meta. Mm-hmm. Got to keep her tulpa in line. Meanwhile, at Ezra's, or I'm sorry, at Caleb's fuck cabin. Well, I just think that Emily gets it, but she's not going to smile. Mm-hmm. Like she's like, she, she, I want her to be like, clever, Spencer. Clever. Yeah, Hannah lets herself into the ghost cabin uh, in that rickety old screen door. The place is dark. She flips on a light, and there is sad, pathetic Caleb asleep under a blanket in the recliner. <laughs> and she walks over and kisses him on the forehead, and he, like, wakes up, like, in a panic, like, freaking out. Uh, he's just like, geez, you scared the hell out of me. 
He drops his bottle, which is like not quite a fifth of vodka. Um, it's like half empty, I think. Yeah. Well, what I'm talking about, whatever the size of the yeah, bottle yeah. was, it's not a fifth, but it's like something smaller. But uh, she, it's she the kind up, you get. It's like in a plastic bottle. It's like the cheapest shit you get at the store. It, it's. It, it clearly implies that you're near like hobo status level of regrets in your life. Yeah. Although I don't know vodka. You might as well buy the cheap stuff. People who think there's a difference, you're kidding yourself. It's all the same stuff. Um, so she asks, what is this meaning the vodka? And he heads over to the kitchen and says it's nothing. That uh, um, She says that they thought they had a deal. And he's like, it wasn't so much as a deal as an understanding. And she's some like, hand acting here. He's like yeah. waving the, uh, the bottle of vodka around. And she's like, yeah, the understanding was basically that we'd stop drinking. And he's like, it helps me when I can't sleep, okay? And so she asks him why I can't sleep. And he changes and, the subject completely. Mm-hmm. He's like, she. He says, uh, "What happened to the police?" And Hannah says, "We never made it." And Caleb's like, "Why not?" And Hannah says, "Because A chopped us off at the ankles. That's why not." And look, we can't be telling the police we haven't seen Allison when there are pictures of her leaving my hospital room when she's supposed to be dead. And Caleb's like, "A has those pictures." And Hannah's like, "We're back where we started. We always end up back where we started. <laughs> Keep rolling that rock up the hill." Uh, she doesn't even seem sad about this. She's just kind of like resigned, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she basically tells him to go ahead with the booze. She's not going to stop him. So Hannah, well, cause he's Hannah like, he's out. kind of like looking back at this like cabinet with the vodka in it. Like, yeah, I kind of want some booze right now. Caleb and booze OTP. Yeah. And she's just like, go ahead. I'm not going to stop you. And she takes off leaving haunted Caleb to be haunted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, at the Fitz palace. Ezra's like sitting at his desk, pen in hand, working on some kind of manuscript. That's what a manuscript. F- what the fuck is he working on? I think he's editing it, I think is what he's doing. He's got a pen in hand, like he's uh like which what manuscript is this, Ezra? Exactly. You, you writing a book after all? I don't think he's writing that book about his family. Just a guess. Oh god. That awful book about oh my god, I'm so sad my parents got divorced. It's- you know, we stopped being who we thought they were and started becoming who we actually are. Uh, there's a knock on the door. He's got to be thinking, who the fuck is that? Because if it's Arya, she she let herself in her own key. Yeah. He goes and opens Arya the door. Arya would just, like, storm in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Opens the door. Surprise. It's Emily. And I like how they both, like, take a they take a breath and, like, a half step back and they see each other. Well, she's like, can I talk to you? And he's just like, uh... He's got to honestly be thankful that she doesn't just punch him in the mouth. He's... For sure, he's got to be remembering, like, hey... Remember that time you like stomped all over my dick verbally in class? Yeah, in class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because I remember the, uh, the. He makes sure a real, real teacher, teacher gets, gets that. <laughs> she destroyed him. <laughs> like everybody, all the except for maybe Hannah. Like all the other liars are just like verbally like castrated Ezra at some point or other. And they're letting him back in far too easily. Yeah, but at the same time, they they now had the power in that dynamic so they're, they're letting him back in on their terms i guess i would say mm. so cut to aria's home aria comes home with a vengeance uh she <laughs> walks in there's mona and mike in the living room mona's telling mike about the manhattan oh this project. this line mona says everything about the manhattan manhattan project is fun it's the place where the cold war started and j robert oppenheimer is dreamy <laughs> which is like the most mona sentence of all time Oppenheimer, like Arya, has also said, I am death, the destroyer of worlds. <laughs> now we're all sons of bitches. Uh, um, also, Oppenheimer but, had a fetish for those naughty Soviet girls. And Mona is just like like beaming at Mike. Uh, and they're both laughing and Mike's just like, I can't write that down. 
Yeah, I can't put that in the report. And Arya <laughs> can is... you imagine? Can you imagine Mike's report where it's just like Oppenheimer was dreamy, no homo. <laughs> and Arya is just like looming over them. Like they haven't noticed her, or just trying not to notice her. And she's just like, "Hello." And they're just well, like, like, "Oh, yeah." Buzz Killington's here. <laughs> uh, they say hey and hello, and Mona stands up, and she's like, "Want some more hot chocolate, Mister Mike?" And he's like, uh, sure. And Mona's like, how about you? And she turns to Arya. We got to talk about Mona's sweater here. It's adorable. It's a a, kind of like a light blue, like a baby blue sweater, long sleeve. It has this big picture of an ice cream cone on the front. And the ice cream cone has like, like eyes and eyelashes, Mm -hmm. um, and a mouth. And it's, I don't know. It's, it's, you just have to watch the episode, obviously, but it's totally adorable. Mona just looks like the most adorable person ever. Well, and it's the kind of, it's the kind of fashion that I think you'd put on like a baby, but it looks amazing, especially since you know this chick is so fucking talented that she's probably behind the Sony hack and not North Korea. Mm-hmm. But Arya stomps off and Mike and Mona turn to each other and they're basically like, wow, that bitch. Yeah. Arya doesn't want any, uh, any of that, uh, hot chocolate but the the glance that mike and mona gives each other like can you imagine the inside jokes these two have about aria yeah they're i mean they're probably making fun of aria all the time they're probably making fun of her in the, in the sack too mm-hmm. um so ezra's place uh this starts off as such an interesting shot where like outside ezra's apartment looking in from like below his balcony yeah as we see emily and, and ezra talk to each other I, inside I, I know we've seen like variations of this shot, but never from this far back. I don't think. No, no, it's it's an interesting shot. Um, it's like we're looking in from the balcony, and they're kind of facing off inside. Well, their body language is very interesting. They're kind of facing off. It's not like a hostile or tense conversation, but they're kind of facing well, off. He's got his arms crossed. Yeah, but know? I mean, I think he's got his guard up a little bit. But it's almost like they really are facing each other like equals. Mm-hmm. Much more than like Ezria. I've heard. Well, Shane Mitchell's pretty tall because I think Ian Harding's like over six feet. But she oh, comes and hundred percent, I believe that like Emily could probably beat the shit out of Ezra anytime she wanted. Oh, totally. Yeah, she could throw him off that balcony if she wanted to. That'd be awesome if she did. Yeah, it would. Um, so she's apparently just given him the scoop on the layers of Allison and Cyrus Petrillo, and Ezra asks, you know, how can Allison? ID her kidnapper when she was never kidnapped. And Emily says, no, because Allison knew him from when she was out there on her own. So she tells Ezra the name that Cyrus gave the cops, which is Cyrus Petrillo. And Emily asks if Ezra has ever heard of that name before when he was doing his quote-unquote research. <laughs> and he says he doesn't have much t- much from that time. It's a blank. And then, like Ezra looks like the wheels are turning in his pedo brain. Um, I know I saw something, I think maybe on like the wiki message board about people, like how can Ezra not have that info and if i remember correctly like it was right around the time of grave new world when he found out that she was alive too yeah yeah he well as he says here it's a blank like he doesn't really have anything about the time period that she's supposed to be dead he thought he was investigating a murder so yeah i mean he was the surveillance was pretty much on the liars themselves Mm -hmm. and associated people like it wasn't like he was following allison around yeah um but so Ezra asks, you know, why would this guy confess to a crime he didn't commit? Emily muses, like, maybe he knew it wouldn't stick. Maybe he knew Allie wouldn't ID him until it was too late. And Ezra's like, but if you're this guy, why would you even take that chance? And Emily's got her big eyes out. And Ezra's like, ah, because somebody has something even worse to use against you. 
Detective Ezra here. Yeah. Uh, and Emily pulls one of those photos of Allie from Noel's evidence stash out. And she's like, have you seen this? And she shows him a picture of Allie and someone who's facing away from the camera. They're at like an ATM. And he's like, no, where did you get this? And Emily says, it's a friend of a friend. And he's like, well, I'll see what I can find out about Ezra. And she thanks him. She turns to leave and he's like, thanks for trusting me. Ugh. And she's like, you're the only one who might be, you know, be able to help to get me answers that I need. I have to trust you. It's like basically like, let's be clear, Ezra. I still think you're a piece of shit. Just a yeah. useful one. Yeah. And he's like, well, then thank you for your honesty. <laughs> it's all I've got left, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like we, we're just like missing the like Hannah solo interaction with Ezra. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got a little bit of it when like uh, her mom was in jail, but. We haven't really gotten the, the post-Ezra reveal. reveal. Yeah. yeah. I would love for it to be if Ezra, like, you know, comes up to her in like, the same capacity of trying to help or something. And she's just like, get the fuck away from me, <laughs> you piece of shit. Um, so we cut to Arya's bedroom where she's sitting on her bed doing homework, listening to music. Byron comes in the open doorway, knocks, asks if she needs anything. She says she's okay. He tells her that Mike took Mona home. Then he's trying to leave and Arya calls after him. And she's like, Dad, Mike and Mona's a very bad idea. And Byron's like, well, he likes her, and she seems to like him. And Ari's like, seems to. <laughs> and Byron's just like, I understand that you and Mona have more than the usual amount of history. Byron, you know what will happen if either of us tries to talk to Mona, or talk to Mike about it. Yeah, Ari's like, yeah, he'll double down, Montgomery style. Again, yeah. Byron, the man who's divorced <laughs> because of Mona's actions. Yeah, well, I think Byron's probably pretty cool with that. Yeah. And he says, so I suggest we keep an eye on the situation, but keep our distance. It's like, oh, good luck with that, Byron. Yeah. Or he's like, I'll try. P.S. No, I won't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Byron's like, okay. Oh, and he's like, oh, your mom is coming back from Scranton in the morning. Why was she in Scranton? She Why was, would anyone uh, go to Scranton? She was hoping the guests are in the office, but the show yeah. was over. And he says, we have these tickets for tomorrow night. I had my fedora reblocked for the occasion. <laughs> he beams with such pride as he says that. I, th- my brain just exploded at this moment. I feel like the writers are just trolling us. Yeah, yeah. Byron has a fedora that he had reblocked, uh, and he's like, "Just the four of us. It's been a long time since we've done that." And Mari is just like, "Yeah, too long." And she just goes back to like darkly gazing into the abyss mm-hmm. as he leaves. As he's like going to retreat back into his memories of the good old days. Well, like we see Arya in, in profile as she thinks upon this, and the camera kind of like like pans past her head as we dissolve into the next day. Uh, Rose at high. The four liars are meeting up at Arya's uh, locker. Also, I just thought of this. Happy belated birthday, Ashley Benson. Oh, um, Hannah says that Mike deserves way better than Mona, and Spencer's like, boys hate it when you question their judgment. Lol. <laughs> Spencer is a boy expert now. Yeah, she is. She will be in this episode. Mm-hmm. Arya's like, if I try to tell Mike that Mona isn't what he's looking for, and he's like, you won't be able to separate them with a crowbar. Spencer's like, colorful, colorful M, graphic, but colorful. Then Arya shuts her locker, because this meeting is over. Um, oh my god, we gotta talk about her outfit. I literally had to pause my notes, because that's what my notes said in all mm-hmm. caps. We gotta talk about their outfits. Uh, who do you want to start with? Well, I think Arya. Obviously, um, okay, okay. I mean, Hannah and, and and Spencer are pretty. Actually, let's do. We do Emily. Let's do the reverse order of the old the old order we used to do in the show. Uh, Spencer, Spencer's wearing 
a very simple red dress with like short white sleeves and there's like leggings and to make it look even more like spencer there's like a blue blazer over it mm-hmm. i mean outside of a lawyer's office or an administrator and executive's offices i like the figures on how many people actually wear blazers to work especially how many high school students wear blazers to school like it's a normal thing yeah i think spencer skewing the average so emily's is the most complicated outfit because there's like five parts to it well she I mean, what is that, like a dress that she has on? But then she has, like, some sort of weird top on over the dress. I have no idea what this is, but it makes, like, a little, like, boob window, basically. Yeah, it's like, uh, I feel like it's something that you would wear going into, like, medieval combat, you know, to protect your neck from the It's so bizarre, yeah, because she has, like, a low-cut dress on, but then this, like, thing over her collar, which makes this, like, boob window. And then she's got, like, a a shirt tied around her waist, too, for some reason. Right. Um. Hannah is just in like her bad girl. Well, we're not even done with Emily though, because yeah. she'll later put on a leather jacket over this. the The blue and black dress, like the the lines and the color, make it look like something that Rogue would have worn in the X Men back in mm-hmm. the eighties. Yeah, but she also has these like thigh high athletic socks on. Mm-hmm. It looks like something out of like the kind of American Apparel banner ad that you'd see on like the Chive. <laughs> um. Yeah, then Hannah is wearing a shirt that says Slay Her on it in the style of the band Slayer. Hannah looks like she's basically playing bass in the Runaways. Yeah, and she's got like a, you know, kind of bad girl leather jacket on. Um, Aria, though. Aria. Bonkers. She's got a white t-shirt on with like kind of colored prints of like mountain lions on the cover. Um, But not just that. This t-shirt, like the sleeves are all cut up and like... um, like frilly, I guess. I'm trying to think of fringy, fringy, fringy. Yeah, something a hippie would wear. Yeah, this and it's like a midriff too. Like mm-hmm. it's like been cut off. The shirt itself was cut in half, uh, and so it's kind of like showing off her, her abs there. But then she's also wearing a high waisted skirt, like black satin, black satin skirt with like yellow lightning bolts sewn all over it. She looks like Mary Marvel on her way to a Grateful Dead concert. It's uh, it's something. It's, and she's also she's got like the kind of hair parted down the middle, like straightened hair, that's like uh, got kind of lighter highlights at the bottom, dark up top. Aria's... She needs some like John Lennon like colored glasses to go with this. There you go. Maybe like a bonnet. Um, yeah. I, God, goddamn Aria. Um, so they start walking, and Hannah's just like, "You guys, I had a bad thought." And so Arya's like, so why should you be any different? Share. And it says, A doesn't want us telling the truth about Allie because they like to see us suffer. Spencer's like, not new information. And Hannah says, but who besides A wants to keep us quiet? Spencer's like, are you thinking of somebody in particular? And Arya, because she has a one-track mind, is like, Mona. And Hannah's like, not Mona. And Arya's like, well, who's left? And Emily's like, Allison, duh. And Spencer's like, that is a bad thought. And the bell rings, so Arya and, and Emily both peace out. They gotta go. Spencer's about to leave, but Hannah stops her. She's like, hey, wait a sec. Spencer's like, is this another bad thought? And Hannah's like, do you still talk to that guy, Dean? Spencer's like, my sober coach? Not since my mom fired him. Why? <laughs> I like that she never called that asshole. Well, but uh, she doesn't need him. Yeah, fuck that guy. And Hannah's like, well, do you have his number? It's, it's not for me. It's for Caleb. Spencer's like, what's wrong? And Hannah's like, I don't know. He won't tell me. Spencer's like, is this about his drinking? And Hannah's like, yeah, part of it is. 
And Spencer's like, you can't just introduce Caleb to a total stranger and say, let's talk about addiction. But Hannah's like, Spence, I have to do something. And so Spencer, she's saying, you know, I, I think there's somebody else, somebody better for him to talk to. Hashtag Tolib. Is that what it is? I don't know. I've been racking my brain to think of what it would be. Doesn't it have to be that? I kept thinking. KB, I mean. Kalebi? Yeah. <laughs> what is the. What was the thing from the round table? Alice Simile? Alice Simile. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so outside Rose and I, Paige and Emily are sitting and talking. And Emily's just like filled Paige in on like Sydney's like duplicitous nature. And Paige says, you know, Sydney was maybe a liar, but she's a damn good swimmer. And Paige says that she liked having Sydney on the team. And Emily says, well, she's still on the team. That way we can keep an eye on her and torture her. Mm-hmm. And Paige asked, you know, how does it feel to be back in the locker room? And he says, feels good, but it seems like the only place I see you is at practice. And Paige is like, I know, it's, and Emily's like, complicated. And it's, then Caleb jumps out of the bush and says, how dare you? Well, I feel like Hannah and Caleb aren't even fighting for that word anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the drinking. Well, it, it gets a little awkward now. Yeah. And Emily's like, Paige, we need to talk. Maybe tonight. And Paige that she says that she's got something on tonight, but yeah, they should talk. And Emily will take that. So they get up and they walk off in their separate ways. Well, it's it, it's kind of awkward because Emily gets up and she just stares at Paige and Paige just kind of nods like, yeah, we're not going to hug or anything, you know. Uh, and so Emily just walks away. Well, and it was like it was here when this episode first aired where I feel like I really started to to put a name to the idea that I was like liking Paige more mm-hmm. in a way um, just because she's not the source of the awkwardness here. It's yeah. Emily. It's like it's like this is like finally Emily's getting her medicine. Um, also, so, her hair is much better. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Uh, so Spencer's room. Hannah's like sitting on the bed watching Spencer talk to Toby on the phone. Spencer is like flirting and swooning a little bit, and Hannah looks like she's going to vomit. On Hannah's the bed. just rolling her eyes. She's like, enough of this t- spoby bullshit, you know. And Spencer's Spencer, like, do I call you Officer Toby or Cadet Toby? <laughs> I like Cadet. Sounds like you're in Space Command. To infinity and beyond, Spencer. Um, so Spencer has like a laugh. She asks if Toby can come over. She tells him that she needs to talk about Caleb and it'll be easier if he's here. And she says, it's always easier when you're here. And Hannah's just like barf. Yeah. Um, Spencer says thanks. She hangs up. So Hannah asks if Spencer's sure about this. And Spencer says, Caleb will listen to him. Never underestimate the power of a good bromance. Actual bad guys. Oh, we don't, Spencer. We don't underestimate it at all. Um, so Spencer shuts the door to her room, hangs up her jacket on the hook behind the door. And it's like, Hannah's the one who notices something there, an envelope on the floor in the corner. Like maybe it was like slid under Spencer's door at some point. Yeah. And it's been kind of hiding there. Uh, and so she's like, Spence. And so Spencer sees it and picks it up. And she's like, oh, it's from Melissa. And recognize that anal retentive handwriting anywhere. <laughs> and she opens the envelope. She starts to read it and like immediately turns and opens her door. And she calls out. She's like, Melissa. And it's like, what is it? Spencer's like, Melissa's gone. And it's like, where'd she go? And Spencer reads the note. Says, I have to write this quickly. Dad's taking me to the airport. I'm sorry. You'll know everything soon, I promise. And Hannah's like, why would you make your dad leave her? Or why would your dad make her leave? Sorry. Spencer's like, I don't know. Dramatic push on her face, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So after the commercial, we're in Main Street, Rosewood. Aria, Emily, and Hannah are like walking down the street. Hannah is like, told these two about the Melissa note. She says that the note said that Spencer would know everything soon. So Emily's like, what does that mean? And Arya says, what it always means. <laughs> Nobody tells you anything when you want to know it, only when they feel like telling it. And then Hannah says, and then they only tell you enough to make you crazy to know more. It's, like, it's so la- meta. Ladies and gents, welcome to TV. Yeah, it's so meta. And Emily says, does anyone talk to Allie? 
And Arya's like, she calls, but I don't pick up. Because suddenly we all hate Allie. Yeah. And it's like, you guys, I had a bad thought. And they all just kind of glare at her. She's like, I'm sorry. They just keep showing up in my head. Love it. She's like a savant. Uh, Emily's just like, what's this one? And Hannah says, Allie left town, but Ace said she couldn't. What changed? And Arya's like, well, Allie made a deal with Noel. Maybe she made a deal with somebody else. Emily's like, you're thinking she made a deal with A to leave town? What kind of deal? And they all kind of ponder this. Uh, before any of them can respond, out of nowhere, Tanner shows up. And she's like, hello, girls. Great and, shot, though. She like steps in front of the sunlight to catch them. Yeah, this kind of reminded me of that shot of Mona with the, the light right behind her face. I don't know. Is this some weird foreshadowing again? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. But yeah, it's like it's like they don't see, they just see the sunlight and then Tanner steps in and she's like, lucky to get most of you at the same time. I was hoping we could talk. My treat. And of course, the liars just look super guilty and like shady as usual. Um. So then there's, we cut from that to <laughs> the Spencer and Toby <laughs> making out on Spencer's couch. Uh, Spencer tells Toby that he's going to make an excellent authority figure. Now, is that because, like all authority figures in Rosewood, he uh, is good at making out with teenage girls? Uh, yes and no. I think because he'll be an authority figure that she can objectify and command, which is what mm-hmm. Spencer likes. Um, and abuse, yeah. Which is, you know, yeah, being told that you're going to make an excellent authority figure, that's what every man wants to hear, I guess. <laughs> so then they snuggle, and Toby asks where everybody is, and Spencer says that her, her mom's taking marathon depositions and her dad is staying at this club. Which is something I thought only old men did in old movies. <laughs> this is the writers are just having fun with this now. <laughs> yeah. Like, what new excuse can we have for Spencer's parents to not be around? And Toby's like, well, and Melissa? And Spencer says she may be back in Europe. She may be at the Edgewood Motor Resort. The only thing I know for certain is that she isn't here. Peter is... Hastings is at the club. Yeah. So Spencer asks, when was the last time Toby saw Caleb? And Toby says it was a couple of nights after his house blew up. Toby had checked in at the cabin to see if Caleb needed anything. Um, I want to say it was one of our listeners, Crystal, who chimed in that said that uh, uh, she thought that it was like Toby's anal retentive cleanliness <laughs> was was the the debate we had about the dishes and the, yeah, yeah. the cabin. Uh, I don't know. I guess it makes the most sense if it's Toby's family's cabin. I would love to know. I would love for somebody to chime in and tell us this. Um, well, they can tell us it. I don't know. I mean, unless they're the writer. I don't know if it matters if they tell well, us Well, spoiler in 5B, Caleb has new digs. Uh, so Spencer asks how Caleb seemed to Toby, and Toby kind of shrugs and says, why don't you tell me? Well, the, like, he senses the trap, you know? He's like, Well, he's mm, coming off as this very, like, silent alpha bro here. Now, to me, he's coming off like, he's like, obviously Spencer's up to something, and I'm not... I'm not going to like, I'm just going to let her dictate here, you know, because she's like, how did he seem to you? And he's like, why don't you tell me? That's a good answer. Mm-hmm. And so she just launches into it, you know, Hannah stopped drinking, but he hasn't. He says it helps him sleep. He's like, maybe it does. <laughs> Spencer, I am an even handed motherfucker. <laughs> and Spencer's like, I think there's more hits in that. And he's like, you think or Hannah thinks. And Spencer's like, he's different, not in big ways, but just little things. Toby's like, such as, and Spencer says, he looks, there's a word that's lost all of its meaning, but it's what I think of when I see him. And Toby's like, what word? Spencer says, haunted. <laughs> and Toby's just like, whoa, my bro's haunted. Yeah. And Spencer's like, what? And Toby's like, it's not drinking. It's something else. And Spencer's like, what makes you say that? And he says, because I saw that look that you're talking about. I saw it when he came back from Ravenswood. 
Do you feel like Toby's feeling guilty now for basically being responsible for Caleb ending up on that bus? Well, and it's like Toby's bro hasn't been the same since the spinoff, you know? Yeah. I think Ashley Benson has been absolutely amazing during the Dark Hannah saga. But it's interesting to me that I, I really felt more of the personal impact to Caleb's descent to like mm-hmm. drunkenly falling apart. At least how it affects another person through Spencer and Toby here. Yeah. I Toby's mean, Toby's like, really broken up about his bro. Well, really, it's, it's, it's Spencer. Mm. <laughs> I mean, Toby always has a certain like gift for detachment, which I feel even more so in this scene, but yeah. So outside Main Street Rosewood, uh, Tanner's like sitting outside having coffee with Arya, Hannah, and Emily at the Mermaid Cafe. It's interesting how Tanner's like on one side of this round table. Mermaid Star th- Cafe. The other three are like, like in their liar wall on the other side of this mm-hmm. round table. Um, Tanner says, them that, you know, if they're worried about the suspect that was released prematurely, that she wants to assure them that they will catch this guy. Emily's like, well, that's good to know. And Tanner says, take reasonable precaution, report anything out of the ordinary, anything. Let us decide what's relevant. They say they will. Tanner gets up and starts to walk away. She does her, her like patented move here. They're like, oh, I forgot to ask you the question, which was the whole reason I was going to talk to you in the first place. But I'm really just doing all this to put you off your guard. Well, she's basically Columbo. Like, this mm-hmm. is Columbo's whole move. Yeah. One more thing, which I think he was doing before Steve Jobs did it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I she's just back down. Oh, I've been meaning to ask you all something. Who do you think killed Bethany Young? And it's like guilty faces. And well, he has really, like, why do you think, or who do you think killed her? I would say, like, uh, Larry Reedman, he really likes the, the push-in, the dramatic push-in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the liars are stunned. Yeah, and Tanner says, well, you must have thought about it. Uh, you know, how how she was killed on the same night Allison was kidnapped? And Ari's like, uh, we haven't given much thought. And Tanner's like, really? <laughs> and he's like, none of us knew Bethany Young. And Tanner's like, I know that. We haven't been able to find a single connection between you and the dead girl, except that she was killed 30 yards from where you were all sleeping. I just thought you might have talked about it. I guess girls are different from when I was your age. And now she gets up to leave for good, and the liars are, like, totally, like, freaked out. And Arya is, like, like angling for, like, most distress here. It's like she's in a competition. Mm. She's like, I think I'm going to be sick. And Hannah just kind of puts a hand on her shoulder, and Emily's just like, just hold it until she's out of sight. Yeah, I love that we get like a close up on Arya's face. She's like dealing with a throat full of bile. Like, mm-hmm. if this scene had gone on thirty seconds longer, would Lucy Hale had to vomit on that table? Probably. But yeah, Tanner is so good, and she's even called into question like their modern day girlness. <laughs> <laughs> but like this, it just struck me. Like I know uh, I saw somewhere. I, I think in one of the comments on one of our last few episodes where people were talking about how they they really think that Jason, like the whole being an addict was a smokescreen thing and it's just how many people like just the act of being unconscious was their alibi for that night ella it's a great alibi jason yeah. the liars themselves mm-hmm. it's just like that's all you have to do in rosewood is just say you were asleep <laughs> definitely so we go back to spencer's she's on the phone with hannah toby's reading like i don't know like a magazine or a comic book in the background on the couch and uh, Spencer says, Hannah, we're all set. All you have to do is get Caleb to the Apple Rose Grill. And Hannah's on the phone. She's like, Tanner thinks we killed Bethany Young. Spencer's like, what are you talking about? And Hannah's like, Tanner, she thinks we did it. Spencer's like, did she say this to you? And Hannah's like, well, not in so many words. And Spencer's like, how many words, Hannah? And in what order? <laughs> and there's like a knock at the door. So Spencer turns around. She says, hey, the front doorbell's out. Could you please get that? How many years has it been out? Yeah, I know. 
Uh, she just orders Toby to get the door, and he's like, sure. Uh, <laughs> so Spencer's like, Hannah, where are you? And when did this happen? And Hannah says, at the Mermaid Cafe. Fake Starbucks. Uh, and Hannah's like, me and Emily and Arya, she came up to tell us that they're trying to catch Cyrus. What's his name? But then she ends up saying that we're tr- they're trying to connect us with Bethany. Spencer's like, there is no connection. And it's like, well, there wasn't before, but there is now. We made it ourselves. When Arya got those drawings and you went to go meet a man about a horse. Oh, Spencer, I think the police believe don't believe a thing Allie is insane. Uh, and I think they still think that we're the five, five Mouseketeers. <laughs> Spencer's like, I have Toby here. Just get Caleb to the Apple Rose Grill at 730 and then we'll talk. So she hangs up. She's kind of like breathing hard now. And Toby walks over. He's got a package from the delivery guy, Speed Dream and Express. Again, yeah. Always the only delivery service in Rosewood. In Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And Toby's like, your sister isn't at the Edgewood Motor Court. And he hands her the package. We see it was sent from the Philadelphia International Airport. On the back, it says personal and confidential. And he's like, you want some privacy? She just like looks at him and she weighs all this in. I want to stamp everything now, personal and confidential. Can you just do that? Like, what is that? I I don't know. I mean, I, I know they have like. I mean, it's do mail, isn't it? All personal and confidential. I guess, yeah. I mean, I know they have like you know, do not bend. I uh, I don't. I guess I was I was sitting here like struggling to think of how to word whatever I got from Keegan Allen that scene. Mm-hmm. But it's like I think there was. I think we we remember that there was somewhere like the start of season four where we really turned around and started to love not just like Toby. But whatever Keegan Allen is doing, I, I think well, I think you just have to embrace it eventually. You only can fight it for so long, you know. Well, it's like all of the rest of the the performers on the show are great characters and great actors delivering those characters to us. Keegan Allen, I feel like I'm just always fascinated by his choices. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm I'm just dying to like know like like all the others. I would love to see like their commentaries on the episode. I just want like a solo like Keegan Allen commentary, like like. What, how he was like coming at the perspective of this scene. I want his inside the actor's studio. Though maybe not with James Lipton because he freaks me out, especially his facial hair, but I don't know. Maybe that'd make it even better. Mm-hmm. Um, we can find out what, what Keegan Allen wants to hear God say when he gets to the pearly gates. So we cut to Spencer's bedroom. We pan across the floor and see the open envelope from Speed Demon Express, and her phone's laying face down. We see a m- note from Melissa that came with the package. I can't actually connect it. Says, uh, it says S, watch, then do what you want, M. Oh, all my notes. All my mail is going to be like that from now on. Mm -hmm. Um, Spencer's laying on the floor, like up against her bed in between some curtains. And she's watching this video file from Melissa on her laptop. She holds it in her lap, almost cradling it. And we see this nice image of like Melissa on the screen of like Spencer's reflection cast over her. Mm -hmm. And we see Melissa's like in the video, she's setting up to say something just like we saw at the end of the last episode. And do you want me to just do the whole thing here? Sure. Go ahead. She says, Spencer, you're right. I have to tell you the truth before it's too late. Dad's taking me to the airport. I'm going back to England. He's been wanting me to go back since I told him what I told him in the police station the night you were gone. Maybe Dad's right, and there's nothing to do but keep quiet. But I can't just leave you. Not again. Not like this. Well, at, at this point, the it cuts to, instead of Melissa talking on a video screen, we actually cut to her filming the video. She's sitting in a chair with a you know camera on a tripod. Mm-hmm. And then Spencer kind of artistically is standing behind the camera, like watching this, uh, which is a nice way to like put them in the same scene rather than just like watching the video the whole time. 
Oh yeah, and it's 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 a fascinating like way to to, to deliver this to us. Mm-hmm. But I kept thinking once you get past all that artistic levels, this is a weird way for Melissa to make this video. Is like it? she could she could have just held up the phone or whatever, you know, and took this video on her phone. It's Melissa Hayes scenes. It's true. She won half ass it. She gets a tripod. Uh yeah. I'm sorry she had like a director like filming this for her. So she says, So I'm gonna tell you the truth. Um, and you can do whatever you want with it. Maybe it'll help you, maybe it won't, but at least you'll know. Um so there's still like a, a camera between them, but there's some great angles as it looks like Melissa's like saying this right up to Spencer well, I, itself. I think it is intentional that Melissa's sitting down and Spencer looms over her. Melissa is now in a kind of a subordinate role here. What she's she's essentially confessing to mm-hmm. Detective Spencer in her kind of sort of interrogation room. Um Melissa says, I saw you the night Allison disappeared. Flashback. I heard, I heard you fighting of her and I saw you. So we flashback, uh we see we first hear, and then we see the sound of that shovel being dragged along the dirt. This is from the flashbacks and A is for answers. Yeah, when Spencer is after Allison sent Spencer home, we see her dragging that shovel behind her. There's lightning flashing. We cut and see that Melissa is like watching from like the bushes, like in the tree line. She's kind of seen who someone who we assume is Spencer, dressed like Spencer, dragging that shovel like Spencer, walking away, just dragging a shovel behind them. And Melissa says, I saw you with a shovel in your hand. It felt like everyone who had ever made the mistake of touching Allie was there that night. So we kind of cut back and forth <laughs> between like Spencer watching. Because Melissa. literally everyone was there that night. Yeah. Yeah. Spencer watching Melissa doing this video and like the flashbacks. And Melissa's like, what's that line from The Tempest? This island is full of noises. I love that they worked in a Shakespeare reference to that. And then I saw the body. And in the flashback, we see our first glimpse of Bethany Young. Yeah, I mean, it's just a blonde girl in a yellow top. We don't see her face. We still haven't seen Bethany X's face. She's wearing Allison's exact outfit from that night, laying mm-hmm. on her side on the ground. We see a, like a bloody spot on the side of her head. And then Melissa's standing over her panicking. Melissa's like, I thought you killed Allison with that shovel. Now, I'm not sure what happened, but standing there, that's what I thought. And I didn't want anybody to know. So, you know, the flashback to the Gaysbo grave. Um, and Melissa's like, so I pushed her in. And we watch as Melissa rolls Bethany's body into the hole. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think it's very notable here. There is a hole already dug. Yeah. And, and Alice, or the, you know, Bethany is collapsed just next to that hole, which makes me think somebody was about, like, cause I guess this is the chronology I'm going with. It was like Allie got bashed over the head. Mm-hmm. Mom dug a grave, put her in the hole. Allie got out of the hole. And then at some point, Bethany Young got clobbered over the head and somebody was like redigging that hole mm-hmm. seemingly, but maybe they're scared off because Melissa was coming. This is like a uh, almost like a psychedelic like homicidal Benny Hill skit happening yeah. here. <laughs> Constantly burying chicks. Um, so yeah. Because so- yeah, because like Melissa like just finds this body right next to this hole that's already been dug and so she just rolls her right in and starts covering her up. Right. And Melissa's like, and then I covered her up. I didn't tell anybody what I did or what I thought you did. And we see Melissa like sitting in that octagon well, shape. Well, she very pointedly says that she couldn't see her face. Yeah. Yeah. The octagon shape, like shoving the dirt on top of this blonde corpse. So Spencer like looks horrified as she hears this or imagines herself in the kitchen hearing this. Melissa says, and now I know it wasn't Allison and she wasn't dead when I buried her. <laughs> she was a stranger and I buried her alive because I thought I was protecting you. Spencer's um, like totally horrified. Well, because Melissa's done some ghastly shit here in the spirit of helping her wayward little sister. Well, and it's still a little questionable as to who exactly killed Bethany Young. And Spencer's wondering maybe 
it was her. Well, murder sisters. Technically, Melissa did kill Bethany Young. <laughs> well, I mean, she she helped. Um, like yeah. we don't we don't know who bashed over the head. It seems like maybe it was Spencer, or maybe it was someone else. You know, right? So Melissa says, "Our family has a gift for self preservation." There's a point when you go from survivor to predator, and I guess that's what happened to us. Um, so we kind of end this like, kind of artistic metaphorical view where we see Spencer's back on her bedroom floor, washes the laptop, and Melissa says, "Bye, Spencer. I love you." They're murder sisters together. Mm-hmm. Melissa stands up, shuts off the recording. Spencer's just totally stunned and in shock. Yeah. Yeah, he did kill Bethany Young. I know there's a lot of people who think that, like, that this, like, conflicts with Allie's uh, kind of a timeline that she laid out for them. Allie, Allison has already gone off of the Grunewald. Run away from the hospital that she got dropped off at. Well, there's a lot of people who think Allie's lying, basically. uh, I would. I I don't know. I I, don't think she is just because we got flashbacks. I feel like those. I'm sticking by, like, if you visually have seen it, it's Mm -hmm. it's typically. I think that's the twist, too, is a lot of times when people are lying, they're actually telling the truth. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you think they're lying is what plays against you. How bad are these cops? I mean, I guess they had to have, like, just poured the concrete, like, the next day. Because otherwise, I mean, they have dogs that can, like, smell corpses, right? Peppy the dog can dick up corpses. I mean, I I guess probably what happened was Allie was missing the next morning, and the the liars, like, told, you know, Jessica and Ken, and they were probably concerned, but, like, not calling the cops yet, you know, figured she'd just run off or something. So maybe the the construction continued, and by the time, like, the cops got involved, the concrete had already been poured. Contractors show up, and they're like, hey, so you want us to pour the concrete over here, and it clearly looks like somebody dug a body, dug a hole for a body in the, over the weekend, but, uh, we're contractors, so we're gonna gonna do. Hey, what you gonna do? It's like, we're from Jersey, this happens. I don't know what that was. That's a nice Jersey accent. I don't know what that was. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, the video's over. Spencer's just, like, left there on the floor to process this. As, as we've all been there. Yeah. Then we go to the grill. Spencer's drinking some water now. She's still in a daze. And we kind of pull back and see that Hannah and Toby are actually here, too. And Hannah's just like, okay, don't push him, Toby. When I feel like Caleb's relaxed enough, I'll tap you on the foot. And that's a heads up that I'm going to change the subject. And Toby's just like, don't make such a big deal out of this, Hannah. He's, like Toby has n- n- none of your uh, fancy girl planning. Like He's well, he, having none of it. He, Based on these two two instances in this episode alone, he seems so dismissive of Hannah. And like, <laughs> there's a thing I'm going to get into later in this episode where I had to write down in my notes. But it's like, I wonder after the like uh, God Squatter like dance that Hannah mm-hmm. dragged Toby to, does he just hate her? <laughs> uh, he's like that bitch is flaky. <laughs> um, so you know, Hannah's like asserts that this is a big deal, and he says okay, and again a dismissive way. And then, like, both Toby and Hannah give a this bitch look over at Spencer. Like, they want her to, like, rule on which mm-hmm. of them is being, like, shittier. But, like, I, I guess that's what I think is, like, the one thing you never really get on the show is the significant other's perspectives on the other liar's significant others. I feel like mm. Paige, Caleb, and Toby would love to hear more stories about how creepy Ezra is. Oh, I'm yeah. sure Ari and Ezra love being holier than thou about Caleb's drinking. Um, <laughs> but so toby like I, i'm sure Paige is just befuddled of emily's friends you know but like toby notices something with spencer and asks if she's all right she says sure you know shaking her like head like trying to reassure them both and then caleb walks in and it's like okay he's coming just play dumb spencer's like hannah and hannah's like he knows what i'm talking about uh just be yourself tobes 
by that we mean dumb. Um, Caleb walks up and Toby gets up to greet him. They both say hey, and they do like a total bro hug. Yeah, they like do like the high five that turns into a handshake that turns into like a one handed hug. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally smooth. These guys are totally bros. Well, when Caleb is dressed up like the most hipstery of hipsters, all he's missing are big black frame glasses, maybe like an ironic neck tattoo. Well, he's got beard. a horizontal black and gray striped shirt underneath like a plaid, like uh, mixing patterns. I mean, either he's he's either a hipster or he's a lumberjack right now. You have to decide. Yeah. So they, they bro hug it out. And Hannah's like watching this very closely. Like she's fascinated. Like the broness of this is uh, Also, I amazing. just realized he commented on everything. Uh, like, like lumberjacks and hipsters. It's mm-hmm. probably alcohol. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like uh, Toby's like, so Hannah says that you're having trouble sleeping. What's the deal with that? Boom. Toby ain't about no signals. Hannah like freaks out and looks at Spencer, and Spencer's like, "Don't look at me. This must be how boys communicate." Toby's like, "Sup, bitches. I'm Doctor Phil." Yeah. And Caleb's like sensing the ambush. He's like, "Okay, what is this?" And Toby's like, "She's worried about you." So is Spencer. And to tell you the truth, me too. Wait, are we confirming or denying that this is indeed how boys communicate? Well, I think it is. Uh, I'm going to say inconclusive. So Caleb is sassy. Well, that, like, it's like, that's that's what really matters here is that Toby's concerned. Yeah. Caleb is sassy and he's like, who died and made you Oprah? And, you know, Toby's like, well, her show is off the air and there's a void and we only get weather channels and film noir channels. And, and Dr. Oz is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. So Toby's like, so is there something wrong? Uh, so there is something wrong, you know. Yeah. Caleb is just like fuck this, and he starts to like leave. But his soul brother Toby calls out to him. Says Caleb, Anna's scared. If you walk away, she's still going to be afraid. Do you want things to stay like that? And Caleb stops to ponder this like amazing like bro psychology on display. Mm-hmm. And he knows Spencer's like taking notes on all this right now. He's yeah. like, I will learn how to talk to bros. Mm-hmm. And Toby's just like, I'm just a bro standing in front of a bro <laughs> asking you to bro down. And Hannah, this is my definition of Hannah face right here. But like, <laughs> it's like slightly uncomfortable. Like, oh, what's going on right now? In either three episodes or three seasons, when Toby is a cop and hopefully partnered with Officer Barry, mm-hmm. I want to see that scene where he has to like talk a jumper off the ledge. <laughs> you really shouldn't jump. There is it would so be much a lot to of paperwork. For. Also, pre-order my book. Um, so at the ruined of brew, Emily walks out of the back room looking like for the first time she's actually done a day of work at this place. She walks out. Yeah, here's like a messy ponytail. And there's Paige. Paige Uh, is super dolled up. She's like in this like kind of sexy, like, you know, off the shoulder black dress. Her hair is all made up. She's, you know, got full makeup on and everything. Uh, obviously it's like, oh shit, Paige has a date, you know? Yeah, she's getting two cups of coffee from the barista. Mm hmm. Um, and uh meanwhile i like how emily's like it's it, we're kind of supposed to think like oh scruffy emily and like her t-shirt and like messy ponytail but like shay mitchell's like ridiculously attractive so she still looks great you know? she looks amazing she's still glowing yeah she looks amazing uh page like the way Lindsay shaw says hey here so nervously <laughs> is hilarious to me but uh she's like i didn't think you worked the shift anymore so i think Paige you like, worked at all, Emily. Yeah. <laughs> Paige looks like really awkward. Emily looks like going from stunned to awkward. Um, so she says she doesn't. She's just helping out tonight. And Paige is like, oh, and Emily's like, are you going somewhere? I mean, you must be going somewhere. Meaning like, damn girl, looking good. Yeah. And Paige is like, yes, I am going somewhere. In fact, I got to go. 
And Ellie's like, okay, have a good night. Paige's like, thanks. Uh, and it's like, Paige leaves feeling awkward, but you know this is like, Paige could not have like scripted a better interaction oh, right this now. Oh, is, this is the best power move. Yeah. Paige walks like, outside and she's just like, nailed it. Yeah, this is a real eye-opener for Emily on a lot of levels. Um, And like I said, you know, if you listen to the podcast, you know, I'm not the biggest Paige fan, but this kind of serves Emily right. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So at the All Oldies movie theater in Rosewood, this is the same theater where Ella and Ezra and Arya went to watch an old-timey film together. It's the one where Emily and Maya went to see... Uh, on their first date. I, was it I, I, I Stepped on Your Grave or something like that? I or? think it was Teenage Zombies? It's something to do with Grace. I can't remember what. That's this whole show. It's also where Arya had to question the guy who was the witness against Garrett and Maya's murder. <laughs> um, so it's a room full of hipsters. I just, I just want to warn everyone. There is a Byron Fedora alert in effect on this scene. <laughs> Fedora alert coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arya shows up in this room full of hipsters. And I think she's supposed to be wearing period garb. But it's really just a normal day coming out of Arya's wardrobe. It's like a nice blue dress, like a cheetah print belt and scarf. And the kind of socks. Cheetah print belt and scarf. Yeah. Just, you know. It's the kind of socks that you'd see, like, either on a little girl or, like, somebody who fetishizes little girls. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, there's a few people who are, like, dressed up in, like, stabs at 50s attire. There's, like, an Asian dude with a hat on. Byron, in addition to his fedora, has, like, kind of like a plaid suit jacket on. Like, he just looks absurd. Yeah. Uh, so she, Arya gets to her row with Byron there. Uh, Mikey Montgomery's there. He's in, like, a uh, kind of old-fashioned-ish, like, outfit with, like, suspenders. <laughs> yeah, old-fashioned. Suspenders. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Ella is not there. Mona is there. Mona's in, like, a little, like, flower print top. Um, and Arya, it's, uh, by the way, Mona has, like, ice cream cone earrings on. I don't know if you saw those. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that yeah. kind of interesting, like, bird, bro- plastic brooch necklace. It's a little Arya-ish, yeah. Yeah, it's very Arya-ish. And Arya's just like immediately like, ah, you know, because Mona's here. And Mike's just like, hey, you made it. And she's like, yeah, sorry, I'm late. And Byron kind of looks at her and he's like, your mom had to cancel. And Mona, er, and Mona's just like, lucky me. And she like pats the chair next to her and Arya's just like staring. Like, it's like she's deciding, should I lose my shit right now? Should I not lose my shit? Oh, like there's like the the special place for surprise and cold fury meet. Mm-hmm. Byron, though, I know I've said in the past a few times, like Ella is clearly Arya's mom. Mm-hmm. And it's always when I always say that whenever Ella's like really stirring the shit up, I feel like Byron's doing that here. Like, uh, he no, because he, he gives Arya a look. It's like, why don't you chill the fuck out down there? You know, I yeah, I don't know. I <laughs> It's like for once in your goddamn life, Arya, could you just like let this slide? Uh I I don't know. I don't think I I feel like Byron's kind of like, look at that. My daughter's about to go fucking nuclear. Mm-hmm. I wish I had popcorn. Yeah. And then uh, Ari looks back as uh, some other people are entering the theater. It's Paige in like her short black dress and uh, some girl, like some blonde chick who's in like a pink dress with a big scarf. Um, I so wish that was Samara. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Or Quinn. You remember Quinn? Yeah, I remember Quinn. <laughs> um so the page and this girl walk down and get their seats um there's a really funny uh like screenshot you know, like screen cap thing about this on the uh, after ellen recaps everybody oh, really? should go look at that yeah um so page and, and her date sit down and and it's funny because both aria and mona are just watching this intently you know mm-hmm. uh and then page looks back and like yep there's aria and mona just like staring at her like just slightly judgy well, she's like, God, I, I wish I could be anywhere else right now. Yeah, this um, fucking town. 
Well, Mona is so good at getting people's like personal space, like not just like their personal space, but like their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, Arya does a really great. Like, Lucy does a really great job as she's like portraying like the teenager who's processing how badly they don't want to be in a situation. Um, and then like I like that little s- section on the side there. It's only reserved for I assume people on dates. Oh yeah, with two chairs. So like, like you you don't interrupt other people's view when you're like making out halfway through. But yeah. So uh, Mona has a very pleased, villainous look on her face. Well, it's it's funny how you see how similar Arya and Mona are as they both watch this. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, because they're both A. Um, then we hear the male announcer, the regular stock male voice, say the screen is about to start. The lights, gym, the, the lights dim. The protector starts. We hear the music. The movie has started. And as like everyone heard the Warner their, Brothers fanfare. Yeah. yeah, as everyone casts their eyes towards the screen, Arya just glances over at Mike and Mona. Mm-hmm. So we go back to the grill. Uh, Hannah and Spencer are over at a different table now while Toby and Caleb are like broing down at the table. Mm-hmm. And Spencer's like, they're talking. Talking is good. And Hannah's like, what can he say to Toby that he can't say to me? Well, they're sitting at that part of the Apple Rose Grill where you either sit if you're like Jenna or mm-hmm. where you sit when you watch other people talk. Like uh, Spencer sitting there a few episodes ago watching her parents talk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah. What can what can Caleb say, or what can Toby say to Caleb that Hannah can't? Everything, Hannah. <laughs> everything. Spencer says sometimes people want to tell you things, but they j- just can't look you in the eye and say it. And it's like, why not? And Spencer's like, because they're afraid of what you'll think of them that they let you down, that you let them down. And it's like, oh, we're not talking about Caleb and Toby anymore. Yeah, this this strikes a chord of Hannah though. Yeah, and Hannah says, well, if you love someone, you should be able to tell them anything. Spencer's like, that's the theory. She's uh, so like world-wise and weary. Like the thing about Spencer is she's always balancing on this razor thin edge and could topple four into another dark Spencer saga any moment. Mm-hmm. So uh good news is that Gabriel Burns in treatment show has gotten renewed for his fourth season, and it's about to happen at the bros <laughs> table. Yeah, we go over to the bro down. Uh so it, it sounds like you want to be Caleb for this. Oh, I just I don't think I can challenge your Toby voice. That's true. Nobody can. Are right, you ready? Yeah. Oh, so we're, okay. Before we get sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt after the first Caleb line. But Caleb says it's human nature. You go around this town tonight, you'll find a lot of guys who need to take the edge off to get some sleep. So my interruption is: Do you remember the uh, the episode of Angel where uh, like the other characters walk in and Angel and Spike are having that like hardcore philosophical debate about like human humanity? And you find out that they're really just arguing about uh, astronauts versus cavemen and who would win and fight. <laughs> That's what I wanted these guys to be talking about. Sorry. It's just talking about something entirely different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so Toby says, why even gamble? Why not just deal with the thing that's ruining your sleep? Cure the problem. Symptoms go away. Were you doing the, the hand acting? Thing? I was. Yeah. He does this gesture like. Like, your problems could just float away on an indifferent breeze. There's a little bit of Nick Cage involved, yeah. Yeah. With all due respect, you don't know what my problems are. Not true. I've been there. Been where? Ravenswood. You were a tourist, man. I lived there. Oh, my God. That fucking line. (laughs) You're a tourist, man. That's, like, Caleb's greatest moment on the show, I think. Yeah. You didn't have to go to New Orleans for the production, Toby. (laughs) And Toby says... And maybe you brought some of it back with you. Don't push this, Toby. What are you so scared of? What I'm sorry. What are you so scared of that you'd rather drink than face it? What are you so scared of that you'd push Hannah away? 
you are crossing a very serious line right now. Do you drink during the day? No, I cut that out. Why? Because I got scared. Of what? Say it out loud. Nah, I should have kept walking. <laughs> so Caleb, like, stands up uh, and takes off. And Hannah, like, tries to stop Caleb. And he just shrugs her off. And, t- and they look back at Toby. Who- now Toby looks a little haunted himself. Some haunted bros here. Yeah, yeah. Toby failed. Well, it's like we just watched, like, Goodwill Hunting Bros. Mm-hmm. Caleb's obviously Robin Williams, R.I.P. And Toby's obviously Matt Damon. Obviously. Obviously. Well, who's Ben Affleck then? Byron? Spencer? Spencer. Don't insult her. <laughs> uh, so we go back to the movie theater. Uh, they're watching Strangers on a Train, which yes. is so appropriate. Yes. Uh, well, I just love that this is the season where it's like I felt like they could finally show Hitchcock movies, like in the show itself. Yeah. Um, Although I always wonder when are they going to show a character watching Shadow of a Doubt. But uh, it's the part of the movie where Guy's wife, Miriam, is running around for two male friends and just gotten out of the tunnel of love. Uh, Mike and Mona are like making like googly eyes at each other and Arya notices it and detests it. She leans over uh, and it, at, on screen. Meanwhile, uh, Marion's getting like strangled by Bruno. Yeah. Yeah. And Arya leans over and she starts whispering something into Mona's ear. And I love the, the angle. Of this is behind the two of them, so we see their silhouettes over the screen in the background. Mm-hmm. And Arya whispers a good like two or three sentences there, and then leans back. And we cut to Mona, like we kind of re- reverse cut around to see Mona's face now, and she looks like terrified and upset. And she eventually just excuses herself to Mike and gets up and leaves. Well, I love that she looks up at the screen as she's like processing whatever the fuck Arya just said to her. She sees like the final death throes of Miriam reflecting the glasses that fall to the ground. And that's like, it's like, that's it. Like it's the, the cherry on top. She's got to get the fuck out of here. So, <laughs> and, and like Mike and Byron and even Paige are all just kind of watching Mona go. And Arya's just like shrugs, like, Oh, who me? I don't know what's going on with Mona. So sinister and adorable. Whispered, uh, you know, who knows what sort of like, you know, demonic like curse into her ear right now. She's just like, guess what, Mona? They don't serve corn dogs here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you go back to the grill. Sad Toby's frowning at his plate of food, and Spencer's trying to commiserate. She's like, I promised you She's dinner. She's like, I promised you dinner. <laughs> he says, Yeah, I don't feel like I earned it. And she says, You tried. <laughs> All I did was screw it up. <laughs> he just dropped some cash. He's going to leave. And Spencer's like, Toby, hey, don't you run out on me, too. She gets up to follow him, and he's like, I'm not. I'm, you know, I'm not running out on you. I'm sorry. I was, I was just mad at myself. He's really stressed about his bro drama. He is. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, are you okay? And Spencer's like, compared to what? <laughs> and Toby's like, well, does this have anything to do with what Melissa sent you? And Spencer's like, no. He's yes, a, maybe. He's got a great, like, I know you are lying, Spencer. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no. Yes, maybe. He's like, what was it? And Spencer says, it was a going away present. A little forget me not. <laughs> what was in the envelope? Spencer says uh, she thinks it was the truth. Only now that she has it, she doesn't know what she's going to do with it. Well, they have like this kind of intense stare off to end the scene. And I feel like Toby should have been like, I'm going to need more than that. Well, it's like, it's Toby, <laughs> you can't end a conversation like that. Toby, like, bro, your lady needs some bro down right now, too. Yeah, yeah. And so then we go to the brew where Emily is sitting with Ezra like, going over his findings. Having a cup of coffee. Pedo P.I. <laughs> there's a spinoff we don't want to see 
And uh, so he, he slides over this photo. Uh, he says, this was taken 16 months ago at a branch off the turnpike near Donegal. You can tell by the code that it's that's in the timestamp. And he says, if you have that code, you can also find some other interesting images. And he hands uh, Emily a printout. Of, it's like another camera still. Only in this one, we can see that guy's face who's with Allie. And it's Cyrus. And Emily's like, Cyrus Petrillo. And Ezra's like, uh-huh. Also known as Cyrus Hart, Robert Hart, and Cy Enfield. None of them solid citizens. He's been arrested half a dozen times. You have to know where to look, but it's all petty stuff. No convictions. Uh, Cy Enfield, for example, is a reference to a famous writer, director, and magician who was named a communist during the HUAC hearings. Mm. So, there you go. And Emily's like, I wonder what she promised him to get him to confess. And Ezra's like, you seem pretty sure that's what happened. And Emily's like, it all makes sense. Uh, you know, at least that's the way Allie thinks. She has an amazing gift for knowing just what a person wants, what they're missing. And Ezra's like, kind of gets a far off look. He's like, it's a very special talent. One that causes a lot of damage. And Emily should be like, oh, calm down, you sad, handsome pervert. Well, I think Emily's probably just like, ew, like, are we, are you, are you trying to insinuate we have something in common? Cause this is just fucking gross. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we go back to the theater. Mona is still gone, and Mike's kind of looking behind him, a little concerned, and they're watching the movie, and he leans over to Arya, and he says, she's been gone a long time. And Arya's like, oh, I'll go check on her, even though she clearly gives a shit. Yeah. Well, it's it's a great moment, too, is Bruno's doing some nastiness of strangulation. Guy's girlfriend's little sister sees him. I feel like there's you know, something thematically linking Arya there. Yeah. Because uh, Arya is Bruno. Well, so if I understand the plot of Stranger on the Train correctly, I haven't seen the movie... Uh, two guys meet on a train and agree to like, like jokingly agree to kill the others, like, uh, wives or something. Is that what it is? One of them, not wives. One of them proposes to the other that this would be a great setup that you murder your person I'll, or I, I murder your person. You murder yeah. my person. There's nothing to tie us together. Yeah. There'd be nothing to tie them together. And then the uh, one actually does it and the other wasn't expecting them to. Right. Yeah. Cause, cause the guy's crazy. Mm. Um, also, it's based on a Patricia Highsmith novel who, if she was still alive, other than like trying to push Tom Ripley forward, she'd be writing for PLO, I feel like, which would be bizarre. Ooh, Arya could be Tom Ripley. <laughs> Ponder that. Um, so in the ladies' powder room, we see Mona's like standing in front of the mirror. She's been crying and is now like uh, reapplying her makeup. So Arya comes in and Jill Parrish is so good here. Like you can just tell in her voice that she's been bawling. Yeah, her voice is kind of hoarse and, and croaky. And Arya comes in. She's like, Mona? And Mona looks over at this horrifying fucking monster. Like, her voice is shaking. She's like, you're very good. You know right where to put the knife. And uh, you're not afraid to twist it. Allison underestimated you. Uh-huh. Mona knows who the real players are. So Arya steps forward and she's just like, look. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Mona's like, don't insult me. You're right. Your dad should hate me. He should throw me out of the house. After all the things I've done to you. The way I've treated Mike. Uh, he deserves someone someone much nicer than me. He deserves someone who is nice, which I am not. I love that line. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should have just died when I fell off that stupid cliff. And Ari's like, oh, don't say that, Mona. Don't ever say that. It's like, oh, hug it out, bitches. And Mona's like, you know, I'm just trying to protect myself. That's all I've ever been doing. Just protect myself from her. And she goes and sits in like this little like chair that's in the bathroom because it's like a fancy bathroom. This is where if you were drunk and you had, like, maybe a wedding dress, mm -hmm. you'd vomit on it. Yeah, on, like, an ottoman. Yeah. And Arya's like, is that why he built an army? And Mona says, <laughs> that's a real line from dialogue from the show. 
Uh, but it says it's hard to keep the troops in line and Allison offers some candy and a smile and that lilting little laugh. Harley can sympathize because her troops hardly stay in line either. Yeah. And Mona's trying to fix her hair. She's sniffling and she says, maybe you won't believe this, but I'll say it anyway. When she finishes with me, she'll come after you and the others. She can't trust you anymore. Not after Cyrus and not after New York. And Arya just turns totally cold at the mention of that. She's like, what about New York? Well, because she looked like she couldn't give a shit beforehand. Yeah, on the body language here and the framing, like, Mona's sitting down. Arya's, like, looming over her. Like, very threatening. <laughs> Arya's just watched, like, two-thirds of a movie with multiple strangulations in it. Her hands are uh, ready for some action. Yeah, yeah. And she suddenly seems very intimidating, even to Mona. And Mona says, I know some things, and I can guess at some other things. And Arya's just kind of processing this. And then Mona says, I have to ask you something. And Arya's like, what? And Mona says, and she gets this like kind of like adorable look on her face. She's like, do you think Mike really likes me? Oh, Mona. Oh, darling. Oh, Mona. I love you so much. Arya softens. So, flashback. Arya, like, she softens, like, the the cold, dead-eyed stare, like, fades. And it's like, oh, Arya can relax now. She doesn't need to murder Mona. Yet. She can put the piano wire away. Mm -hmm. So, flashback to season three, episode 22, Will the Circle Be Unbroken? Mm -hmm. In another bathroom at school, Arya says, no, you listen. If Spencer doesn't get better and she doesn't get out of Radley, you're going to wish you broke your neck when you fell off that cliff. (laughs) She said that to Mona. (laughs) Yeah, Mona remembered. Mona's a little afraid of Arya, I think. Especially Uh, after who knows what the hell Arya just whispered into Mona's ear. I guess we're supposed to assume that it was something to do with like Byron hating Mona, but I don't think that's enough. Yeah, no, I, I, I think Arya like just like whispered some sort of like weird enchantments or something into Mona's well, ear I, to scare I, the shit out of her. I feel like Arya leaned forward and she was like, you know how I already have the best fashion sense of all of Rosewood? Tomorrow I'll be wearing a Mona dress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so we got to Spencer's house. Uh, Spencer's in the kitchen. She's watching her video of Melissa on her laptop again, crying a little. And so we get Melissa saying, you know, maybe dad's right and there's nothing to do but keep quiet. I can't just leave you. Spencer pauses the video and she's kind of talking to the video and she says, you were always very good at leaving Melissa. You had a flair for the grand exit. And there were times when you'd walk up those stairs and I just wanted to applaud. So did it be. Um, Yeah. Spencer's reflection again is like laid out across the image on the screen of Melissa. It's like, this is the way that they can communicate. Like it's, it's always one side between these two, even when they're in the same room. It's like Spencer can only like talk back to like the you know lifeless computer screen here, so she kind of like moves her fingers across the uh, the laptop. The video resumes, and Melissa's like, "What is that line from the Tempest? This island is full of noises." And Spencer pauses the video, finishes the line because of course she does. Mm-hmm. Sounds and sweet airs they give delight and hurt not. These lines, by the way, are by Caliban, yeah, who I think would be. Toby in the temp. Yeah, yeah, Toby is totally Caliban, like 100%. Uh, And Melissa says, then I saw the body, and Spencer pauses again and says, and he thought I did it. You're the one who really killed her. Poor Melissa. (laughs) And Melissa says, she was a stranger, and I buried her alive because I thought I was protecting you. Goodbye, Spencer. I love you. And tears are really flowing now for Spencer, and she's like, goodbye, Melissa. The only thing that would have made this scene better is if Melissa was wearing a mask of her own face. Well, it's neat that, like, they didn't give them, it's not like they had this conversation and, like, Melissa left. They they did it this way where it's just a video. So they're not 
directly communicating with each other, but we still get kind of the, uh, I don't know, the vibe of that, I guess, you know? Right. Um, God, I love the scene. But I, I especially love that before season five started, I think that it had gone out that like episode 11 was going to be the big Melissa episode. Mm-hmm. And then, so you knew that was looming. You knew that was coming. Well, it's funny because I feel like everybody thought like, oh, Melissa killed Bethany Young. Like people were thinking that the entire time because it mm-hmm. kind of just made sense that that's, that would be the one secret that she would be broken up about. And right. it's like, yep, she did. She, she thought she was burying Allie to help Spencer out. And it turns out she murdered someone on accident. Right. Yeah. So, but you knew that the Melissa episode was looming. And then you find it like the title's called No One Here Can Love or Understand. You're like, holy shit, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then it was like right before this episode, they were just like fatal finale. And you're like watching this scene and you're like, oh shit, Melissa. You yeah, but we really thought Melissa was going to die. Like they really set up. I think when you walk out of this episode, there's one person that you're pretty sure is going to die in the next mm-hmm. episode. But there's like at least like three candidates of who it could have been. Definitely, yeah. Um, so after the commercial, uh, we're in Arya's house. It's later. Byron's like sitting in a chair in the living room, like grading papers or something. He's still in his like ridiculous like forties like plaid jacket thing going on. I'm grading papers. See, um, just an Arya comes in and she's just like, "Hey, is Mike back from dropping off Mona?" And he says, "Not yet." He asks what happened, and Arya's like, "We." had a pretty long talk in the ladies and he's like anything resolved and she's like well what's said in the powder room stays in the powder room and he smiles like oh that's cute chick stuff yeah um and she's like i think i think things will be okay with mike i just have to keep an eye on her of course and murder her yeah and Byron's like good uh and there's a knock at the door and Ari's like who's that and i like he just like clicks his pen and stands up he's like probably lieutenant tanner pushing on aria yeah and Ari's like tanner why what is she doing here and Brian's like, she left the voicemail. She wanted to talk to me. Arya's like, about what? And he's like, that's what I'm going to find out. And so he goes to answer the door. Arya, like, runs away to hide. Um, I wanted to see her, like, jump over the couch or something to get away. <laughs> I wanted to see Byron open the door and for Tanner to see what he's wearing and just be like, what is with your fucking family? <laughs> he has all weird like this. <laughs> this is a whole town of, like, affectations. Fred fucking McMurray here. Hey, Flubber, can I talk to you for a minute? Uh, so in Caleb's sad fuck cabin, the screen door opens. It's Caleb this time. He pulls out the back behind the couch, his like uh, go bag. It's all, it in the, it's all in the dark. Yeah, it's yeah. at night. Sits it down and start packing. Just then, the light clicks on behind him. Hannah has pulled the uh, disappointed girlfriend move. Switches on the lamp next to her. Surprise, Caleb. She's like going somewhere. Well, this is not just a disappointed girlfriend move. I remember first seeing this in like bond movies this is like the assassin waiting in the dark for you this is like on all of our bucket lists i think you're right it does get easier yeah (laughs) and so kayla's just like shouldn't have come back uh she had no right to pull some stupid intervention on me it's like and he's like all pissy it's like boo-hoo you fucking cry baby yeah Uh, you had no right uh and he goes back to packing and she just stands up and sighs she's like well you're right about that. So I came here to apologize. And it's like, don't apologize. Fuck this guy. And, and it's like, but that was an hour ago. And I changed my mind sitting here in the dark, wondering if you were in an alley somewhere wrapped around a tree. He's like, I can take care of myself. And Hannah's like, no, you can't. And he's like, what? And Hannah's like, I said, no, you can't. You think you can and you usually can, but this time you're wrong and you know it. And she just yeah. lets that sink in. She's like, Caleb, I will fight for you, but you have to trust me. And if we don't trust each other, then I might as well just help you pack. Caleb face. Caleb's like, oh, shit. 
I'm you know, the asshole. Yeah. I, I, I actually did like that movie, The Spectacular Now. The thing about it is I hate Miles Teller. Mm-hmm. I just hate him. As but most also, of America should. Yeah. As most of America should, Mr. Fantastic himself. Um, but I also like, I don't know, I have a hard time. I apologize to people, no matter how well it's written or acted, like mustering up the sympathy for the like sad teenage alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> All right. So then we uh, come back to the Montgomery house where Byron and Tanner are going to have a little tea to tea here. Who do you want to be? Uh, I'll leave it up to you. I guess I'll go with Tanner. You want to be Tanner? Okay. Uh, I'm so trying to be Byron. Yeah. I'm trying to get to like my character. I need to reblock my fedora. I need to put on a put, weird hat. I need to put on like a weird plaid blazer. Yeah, yeah. I need and a just... weird red tie. <laughs> uh, so what did you want to ask me? Uh, not so much ask, just talk. I've been talking to all the parents of Allison's friends, and you've been talking to the friends. Sometimes without any adults around. I know the rules, Mr. Montgomery. I got to tell you, I keep wanting to slip into a whole brick voice when I do this. <laughs> I actually practice that a lot on my vacation. Wow. I know the rules, Mr. Montgomery. Uh, no one's trying to trick the girls. They just need to know how serious this is. It seems to me that you should be putting your energy into finding the kidnapper that you released. A man confesses to a crime then disappears the moment he's released? What do you think changed his mind? I have no idea. This town ranks surprisingly low on curiosity. Well, we may not have a lot of imagination, but we expect the police to do their job. Hmm. I'll tell you something about homicide investigations. They tend to get less complicated as you work them, not more. If they start getting more complicated, you can be sure that somebody's doing that on purpose. Someone's smart. And there are so many smart people involved in this case. It makes my job very interesting. She has this kind of demented glee as she says that. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm only interested in where your job affects my daughter. You want to know if the police are interested in Arya? We are. She may or may not be involved in a homicide, but I'm certain she's part of the complications. Well, if you're so sure, why haven't you done something about it instead of harassing these girls? I wouldn't call it harassing. I've just been waiting for one of them to step up and say that they are willing to tell me the truth. And now one of them has, and I expect to have a very enlightening conversation with her tomorrow. I just thought you might want to know that. Which one wants to talk to you? And she just kind of smiles at him, and she's like, good night, Mr. Montgomery. It's like, that's what she was waiting for. Mm-hmm. He, she like, just like laid this trap, and like this asshole with his reblock fedora just walked, walked right into it. She just wanted to see how nervous are you really. Mm-hmm. So she leaves, and th- as she walks off, the camera kind of moves around like a little hallway like corner and we see that aria has been listening to all this oh i absolutely like i i love the that shot because like it's like tanner leaves the shot and the shot should have fallen or the camera should have fallen her instead it moves around and there's aria in this kind of very interesting eavesdropping pose the lighting makes her skin look so pale yeah her hair is so pale. dark she looks like a ghost like a very unnerved ghost and it's like like Tanner just pushed and she got some kind of interest from Byron as if Byron's the mastermind of this whole operation. <laughs> um, so after the commercial, we're back in Spencer's bedroom. I'll Three tell out you four something liars. about homicide investigations. They tend to get less complicated the more you work them. Not more. I can see Tanner's. Or I can see Holbrook saying that. Mm-hmm. Uh, three out of the four liars are meeting up. Uh, Emily sounds off. 
I'm not talking to Tanner. And Spencer says that neither is she. And Arya's there says, well, I didn't think it was you. <laughs> and he's like, where's Hannah? And Spencer's like, I called all of you, but her phone went to voicemail. And Arya's like, it's not Hannah. And Spencer's like, oh, my God, Allison. And Emily's like, maybe we can stop her. And Arya's like, how? And Emily pulls out that printout of Allie and Cyrus together in the little, like, security camera footage. And Spencer's like, where'd you get this? And Emily's like, Emily's like Ezra. And she gets a very stern look from Arya. Like, we will talk about this later. What the fuck? Yeah. And Emily's like, who else was going to help us? Well, so from the last episode, is Arya still upset with him or not? Arya's like, ask me about that later, and I'll tell you, depending on my mood. Yeah. So Arya looks at the photo, and she says, well, it's the end of Allie's kidnap story if we use this. And Emily's like, maybe. It depends on what truth she decides to tell this time. And Spencer says that she has something to tell them. Or something to show them. And she's sorry, but she can't wait for Hannah. So she goes and grabs her like laptop. Yeah, time for them to learn Melissa's secret. Uh, so we go back to Caleb's fuck cabin where he's going to torture the audience and Hannah and, and everyone in the world by retelling them the plot to Ravenswood. So is this actually the ending of Ravenswood? Like the on air as shown? No, the- this is basically like what happened after Ravenswood ended. And this is this whole scene is like the writer's way of like putting Dakota on Ravenswood. Well, I remember it's, seeing it's slightly something. frustrating because you're like, oh, my God, who cares about fucking Ravenswood? I remember seeing something, I think, with I, Marlene King, where she had said that they were definitely going to address the end of Ravenswood because they wanted the audience to know that they had like a plan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, but also we pan up from like a Ouija board that just happens to be sitting on like their coffee table here Naturally. for product placement reasons. Mm-hmm. So that Ouija movie. Uh, and Caleb's just like, they called it a pact. But what this town made was a contract. And Hannah, Hannah's, like, trying to follow along with this bullshit. She's, like, with this preacher? And Caleb's, like, with what the preacher represented. But the contracts have loopholes. This is, like, if you've ever eavesdropped on somebody trying to explain, like, a TV show <laughs> yeah. to another person, that's exactly this conversation. Yeah, and she's, like, so what did you do, you and the others? And he's, like, we uh we took the jars down to the bridge where the car went in the water that first night. And we opened them, all of them, and released whatever was inside. And Hannah's like, and, and what happened? And Caleb's like, nothing for a minute. Then the woods were filled with fireflies, millions of them. They drifted up into the trees and they were gone. And poor Hannah is just like, oh, God, my boyfriend's fucking nuts. Yeah, he really looks, he, she really looks in like he's crazy. Yeah, and he's, Caleb says, Mrs. Greenwald called it a great ascendancy. <laughs> and Hannah's like, and after that? And Caleb's like, no demons, no messages, no revenge. And Hannah's like, yeah, no Miranda. And Caleb's like, she was gone. And Hannah's like, well, then he kept your promise. He took care of her. And he's like, I have. Uh, I spent this whole time trying to talk myself into that. And Hannah's like, you did help with Caleb. And, and now you're back with me. And let's all forget this ever fucking happened. Never mention it again. Uh, and Caleb's like, I'm not the same person that I was when I left here. And Hannah says, yes, you are. I know that. And he, Caleb picks up a piece of the Ouija board. And he's like, you see this? It's just a game, a toy, right? That's a lie. This is real. People turned it into a game and they forgot what it's really for. They forgot because they were afraid to. Oh, okay. Don't stop. Keep it going. Uh, do I have to? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hannah's just staring at him. Like she wants to cry because of what a huge like conspirator dork Caleb has turned into. And he's just like, Hannah, there's a whole nother world just right past the corner of our eye. I've seen it. And Hannah's like, and that's why you can't sleep. And he says, Bring I can't sleep. I just, I'm afraid of my own dreams. Yes. <laughs> there it is. The frosting on this beautiful cake. And Hannah's like, why? And Caleb's like, after she died, first time Miranda talked to me was in a dream. 
I'm just afraid she's going to show up again. And she's gonna she's gonna tell me it was all wrong and that she's not okay and it's all my fault. And Hannah's just nodding like uh huh, and she's like, look, maybe you're not the same person when you left. But I'm not exactly who I used to be either, Caleb. We'll get through this. I didn't come this far not to have a happy ending. And it's like, oh, Hannah's, she's going to love this dumbass anyway. Yeah. So she takes the Ouija board piece and sets it down on the board and she kisses Caleb. Long, hard kiss. And the camera moves down to that Ouija board piece and it, it moves on its own of its own volition like a ghost over to goodbye. Which Do Ouija boards have goodbye on them? I have no fucking clue. I have never in my life met anyone who had a Ouija board. Yeah, I know. Um, so yeah, you, like you said, the movie, it's especially funny though, since Hannah does have her own unique history with the Ouija board. Like she mm-hmm. is terrified of the Ouija board on her own, which if you go back far enough, you'll remember that Ouija board storyline of Hannah is what led us to Ken De Laurentiis in the first place. And you gave her hope. You gave her hope. Yeah. <laughs> Ken's a fucking dick. <laughs> yeah so the i i i assume this is all just a show's way of like wrapping up rope ravenswood here basically I, I remember when you and i first watched it so you were just like the reddit boards gonna go nuts for all the people they who did ravenswood they did they went ape shit over this okay yeah so we go back to spencer's uh ari and emily are watching this video and melissa's saying goodbye spencer i love you and ari just covers her mouth she's so so shocked at this well they look horrified yeah well, Arya does. Emily's just kind of like, mm. Arya's like, this is the fourth time I've thrown up today. Yeah. And Spencer closes her laptop. She says, I just got that today. It took me a while to decide whether or not to show it to you. And Emily's like, understood. And Arya says, I can't believe Melissa killed Bethany Young. <laughs> she doesn't actually say I can't believe, but she should. Spencer's like, she thought that she just buried her. She thought that I killed her. And Emily's like, she doesn't sound so sure of that now. So Ari like sits on the bed and she's like, but the police think we all had something to do with this. Once again, going for self-interest. Mm-hmm. Emily says, when Melissa saw Bethany, she was wearing Allison's clothes. And Spencer says, another set of Allison's clothes. There had to be a duplicate set. Allie wasn't walking around naked. And Emily has this great reaction as she ponders like the complexity of that. <laughs> like, what the fuck do you mean? There was two sets of clothes on these two different blonde girls. Well, if you'll recall, Allie got that top in a, a box supposedly from her mother that day but we know you know we, we never really knew for sure it could have been from somebody else somebody setting all of them up i feel like yeah the the idea that it came from jessica de Laurentiis though is important um especially that day well and also like two seconds after ali got that top she looked up and there's an a message on her mirror so. right right um which i still think is suspicious that she mm. wouldn't have not noticed that before. So Arya's like, are you saying it was always somebody's idea that Bethany take Allie's place? And Spencer's like, tell me another way that Bethany ends up in that yellow top. <laughs> Good point. Because Emma says they need to figure out a way around that like picture of A at the hospital or they're busted. And Arya's like, what picture of A? And Emma's like, the picture of Allison. And Arya's like, no, you said picture of A. And Emma says, no, I didn't. Spencer's like, yeah, you did. And Emma's like, slip at the tongue. They all look at each other very awkwardly. They're all thinking it. And Spencer pulls the flash drive out of her computer. Presumably this has a video on it. And Ari's like, Spencer, what are you going to do with that? But Spencer has no response. So meanwhile, at Caleb's haunted fuck cabin, we look at the Ouija board, the pointer still at goodbye. And we see Caleb's like asleep on the couch, seemingly with no booze. He's uh, at peace. Yeah. Hannah's over by the screen door. Well, I guess he had a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Hannah's over by the screen door, just like staring out into the night. We see that she's looking at like a bunch of fireflies gathering Could you outside. really have a happy ending after all that? 
Which way are we defining happy ending? The way you think. I mean, if you're Hannah, you're really like, yeah, I'm in the mood. You just told me you believed in ghosts and shit. I don't know. I, I'm sure Caleb could. I don't. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, so a bunch of fireflies are gathering. We see that she, she walks back inside and like, picks up her phone. And we kind of cut to outside, like looking in through the screen door, like panel along the side of the cabin. We see Caleb asleep on the couch through the window. We see Hannah like making a phone call. We start to pull away from the cabin as like the fireflies gather around the bug zapper. <laughs> the shot is so fascinating because you get like your typical PLO voyeur style. Like, is this someone spying them? Is just well, we can hear little noises like like rustling in the bushes. Like maybe somebody's there. But you never know if that's just the, the same shit that Emily always hears whenever yeah, she's yeah. in nature. But I always thought, too, with the bug zapper, is it just to show that Caleb is crazy and, like, Ravenswood was, like, a hallucination or something? Like, Well, no, I, I think the whole the, – the Ouija board pointing to goodbye was, like, their way of, like, saying that, like, uh, what's-her-face, Miranda's at peace now. She's saying goodbye, and now these fireflies are here to, to signify her uh, her great ascendancy right into the bug zapper there. <laughs> The nature of TV. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're just looking inside. It sounds like somebody's like actually here watching this because there's like kind of like rustling and like you know twigs breaking. Well, especially since there is no A tag. Yeah, a real B A. Well, unless that was the A tag and Hannah's A. Hmm. Uh, so the next episode is called "Taking This One to the Grave." It took me so long to realize that that was from the song, the really? theme song of the show. I don't know why. I love the title, but it, for some reason, I never put it together until like right before it aired. I was like, "Oh, it's a line from the song." This is indeed the fatal finale. It's kind of funny taking this that one to the grave. You just realized that that was a line from the song, or whatever. But like, I've never actually heard the full song until you played it in your car the other day. <laughs> um, the 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 portion they use as the theme song is fitting and it's creepy. The only thing creepier is the full run of that song. <laughs> It is a really weird song, yeah. It is really creepy. And I guess that was it Ashley Benson, like was the one who like, hey, said, hey, you should use this. That's the story, yeah. That Ashley Benson re- uh, recommended it. Uh, yeah, taking this one to the grave. The fatal finale is coming up next, five twelve. It is quite an episode, and I can't wait to do it. We're almost caught up. Almost. Uh, any other thoughts on this episode? No, just really looking forward to uh, getting caught up. Yeah. Uh, so thanks to everyone for listening, commenting on Twitter and all that. If you want to get in touch with us, we are at broswatchpll2 on Twitter. You can get to our website page by going to broswatchpll2.com. Um, by the way, for reasons I haven't fully uh, figured out yet, only 100 of our podcasts show on iTunes at a time. I'm not quite sure yet whether that's something that I can fix or that's an iTunes thing or what. Um, but if you wanted to listen to one of our older episodes, like because I, th- I think it only goes back to like S1 E07 right now, and it'll be S1 E08 when I post this, mm. you can. They're still on our website page. Uh, if, if you go to our website page and go, you can just go look at older posts. Like they're there if you want to go listen to them. I'm trying to figure out a way to get those all to show up in the iTunes feed. Uh, we had some questions about that, and I'd actually noticed that a few days ago. I've been looking into it. Hmm. Um, but yeah, broswatchpl2.com will redirect you to our website page. If you like the podcast and feel like helping us out, always appreciate a rating or review in iTunes. Mm-hmm. That's always pretty cool. 
um yeah thanks for everyone listening and uh playing along with us on on twitter doing captions of the various hilarious uh photo stills we get from the episode <laughs> this is a uh, i mean like they're really like moving the the pieces in place for the fatal finale but this is a great character interaction episode no uh, one here can love or understand me who do you think that's about is that melissa is that mona it's about so many people mm-hmm. is it caleb well i think no one here can love and understand haunted caleb except for toby i i think hannah can love caleb but toby can understand them or maybe hannah can understand caleb but toby can love him hmm. i mean is it wrong to say that i ship toby and caleb harder than any other gambling on the show i don't think so <laughs> he's just a bro standing in front of a bro <laughs> asking a bro to bro down with him all right well yeah we'll be back back next time to talk about taking this one to the grave the 5 8 finale mm-hmm. uh, until then have a good one peace Thank you.